0: Last time on Colony Confidential,
1: a lot of people even look at what they have down on paper. A lot of the times we're ready. We're ready out of the box solution. I'm ready to take calls. So I'm like, okay, what's, where are my SOPs? What are my standard you know, operating procedures for taking calls and price sheets and things like that? And a lot of the times there's nothing, and that's okay. I work with a lot of companies to put those resources in place and put things down in writing. And it helps people to understand too, that it's really hard to grow when it's all just in your head or your manager's head or your customer service, you know, Mm -hmm. team, that one rep that's been with you for 15 years and knows how to do everything. So I think that training and development and ways to do that with different platforms and resources is the new goal. If it wasn't for this year, it really should be for next year. I think that it helps solidify you know what i've always said that getting somebody to answer the phones is easy but how you answer the phone is really what your customers remember and what they think about your company and your brand and that was super exciting for me the things that have been new and what i think is also new coming out of the pandemic is training and development for everybody's teams i think that what the the pandemic did is it also forced everybody to look internally and say when when everybody was forced to function independently how well did they perform And lots of managers didn't know how to look at and manage the performance remotely. And lots of companies haven't returned. So have they adapted to that? And lots of team members didn't have access to the resource that they needed to function remotely and independently. It goes back to setting the expectation from day one. You set the expectation. I expect you to participate. I expect you to engage. I expect you to interact. We do weekly zoom calls. I expect the camera to be on. I expect you to be on call. They got to know right out the gate what you expect out of them. And don't, you just said, don't ever let the emphasis on that die down. And the minute you see somebody not participating, check in. It's definitely a full-time job.
2: Yeah. So who's doing it for you? (laughs)
1: I love keeping my CSR teams polished and fresh. So I love spearheading a lot of that stuff. I love quizzes and the different ways that we identify pest issues and software. And again, it's always connected to the learning. It's never just Valentine's Day or St. Patrick's Day. We always tie it into this as a talent and a craft, whether it's finding something in pest pack or look at this ticket, what are the errors here on purpose and things like that. But those are the things that you have to do consistently. Because like you said, even for the reps that are seasoned and with you a long time, that's where you go too fast because you think you know it all. And that's where you start skipping things. And so it's always about bringing it back to basics.
2: Yeah, customer service is a lot, but like you said, the thought process is that all the money's made in the field, but you don't get in
0: the field without well, answering the phone, the phone is the initial impression. Yeah. You don't make a good initial impression, the rest of it's hard after.
2: But if I asked you right now, what's the first thing you did on paper? Did you write down how to kill roaches or did you write down how to sell the roach
0: service first? You're asking me? Yes, you the first thing I put down how to sell the job.
2: No, when you were in business, what's the first thing that you wrote down on paper?
0: I love my son, Joseph. What What are we talking about?
2: We're talking about that I know what you did. The first thing you wrote down on paper when you hired somebody was not how to sell. Oh, it no, was,
1: no,
0: no.
2: It was how to kill the roaches. Exactly. That's my point.
1: But it comes down to the two most important times that you engage with your customers are always going to be the first time that they're calling you with a pest control issue and they inquire about your service because that's their first impression. And then to me, the other time is when they call you when they're actually unhappy with their service or their issues and the service that you're providing. And that can also be their lasting impression. So those two times are crucial to your business and who's answering the phone, who's taking that call, whether that call gets routed to the managers, the CSRs, whoever it is, those two points in time are really the most important engagements with your clients. So whoever's answering the phone, if they're not trained on everything from tonality and leveraging, being able to make somebody happy, then that's what you're left with. Like the hospitality industry, new business and complaint resolution, two areas that I focus on right off the bat, because it's always about growth and retention, right? Fair statements, always about growth and retention. So with new business, even the best customer service team using the right words that you teach them can lose new business because of the wrong tone of voice words are brain food i'm always saying that so it's important in an industry that deals with emotionally driven phone calls that whoever's answering that call and that initial impression is in a good mood is smiling is fully knowledgeable the landscape of answering phone calls now is a lot different than even when i was on the phone 10 years ago customers call in fully loaded they know what their issue is they've googled it they've already decided how it got there so the level of what you need to know above that has now been the bar has been raised so your customer yeah. service team needs so much more experience and knowledge than they did 10 years ago. And that's just from the initial phone call when somebody says, I have this issue.
2: In the past, we always encouraged customer service to get the New York State license just so that they would have the core and the basic knowledge. And then, of course, we sent them the stuff, but we never were like, you really need to do this to learn more. Mm-hmm. And I, I agree with you. The, the past 10 or 15 years has completely changed. That mm-hmm. landscape. We had somebody call us the other day about a parasitic wasp, and they already knew what it was when they called us. And we had to reach out to NPMA
1: mm-hmm.
2: to make sure what it was. We've seen it once in the past 10 years
1: even to that there's so many layers to it if your customer service team doesn't know all the different terms of for instance like camelback crickets there's one term then some people call them cave crickets some people call them spider crickets somebody might say warehouse beetle versus drugstore so their description of things as they're calling in because they've googled or whatever if your team's not fully knowledgeable on just basic things of what things are they might say no we don't service that because it's a term that they haven't heard before so there's so many layers to the training that you have to give for the new inquiries um And then the added thing that I always talk about call control not introducing a call saying how can I help you for lots of different reasons from new business there's many cues to pick up on from the initial statement that the customer gives back to you when you don't answer the phone saying how can I help you and they respond with what their issue is. Um, What you should be hearing for taking the temperature of the call is the pace of the phone call the tone and energy of the customer. Um, Is this customer dissatisfied with service, how am I going to respond to this for new business there's also. I don't know if everybody realizes this the way that we answer the phone there's a difference that can be heard in the decision making process right off and i'll give you an example, so when you pick up and you say thank you for calling colony, this is Margaret. Hi hi Margaret i'm calling because my wife just called me and she said there was a mouse in the laundry room and I got to get somebody out there today. versus Thank you for calling colony confidential, this is Margaret hi Margaret i'm calling trying to get some pricing on services for ants I think we got an issue in the House. So those are two totally different calls. They're both new business, but they're two totally different calls. One is high energy. I'm confident that I'm selling you a service because you've got a need. I'm a pest control company. You've got a pest issue. Your wife is home calling you. Boom, let's get on the schedule. The other one tells me you're calling around. You're calling around to get pricing. That means that I'm going to need to spend more time building value in the service, highlighting my company's features and benefits because you either have called other companies and got other pricing And i'm going to be compared to whatever number i say right now or maybe i'm your first call and you have no idea what these services cost but just from evaluating that first statement is important with new business are you teaching your team about those things retention like i mentioned before every company should be giving their customer service team resources to know what they can do to a certain extent to make a customer happy the hospitality industry they know right off the bat what they can comp you What they can do to make you happy are there creative things that you could be giving to them so they don't have to escalate calls to a manager because of a missed appointment or somebody being unhappy with service can i offer you 13 months instead of the price of 12 for your renewal and to some companies they might not want to give a free month away but you're getting the renewal for that service what's more important for somebody that your customer service team can be told listen in this scenario for residential customers if they don't have tick control services and the customer's unhappy, offer them a complimentary tick control service to make them happy. And then you're killing two birds with one stone. You're getting them interested in a service that they didn't have. They get a free service, maybe they like it, maybe they want more. So the customer service team should always have the resources to be able to retain and make your customers happy. The saying is what, it's cheaper to keep her when you compare the evaluation for what it costs just to make the phone ring, just to get the opportunity that you might not sell something versus what it takes to make a customer happy and keep it. So all things that go back into, like I said, the training and the development of the customer service team that, Hopefully it's on everybody's agenda if they're not already doing it.
0: Oh, yeah, I- so it was more expensive to get a new customer than it is to keep an existing customer, whatever it takes to make them happy.
1: Like you said before, the focus is always the first thing that you want to do is make sure that who's ever applying the material knows how to apply it and is applying it in correlation to the right areas and the right pest 100% super important, but just as equally important is the training that goes into developing the customer service staff.
2: I have a question for you, are you operating anybody's text platform for selling work or no?
1: Yeah, we're doing texting, we're doing live chat, That's the area that we're developing now, I still just go back to getting on the phone with customers, you might be initially communicating or touching them that way, but I still go back to solidifying things over the phone call.
2: Yeah, because reading into a text, it's almost impossible, no?
1: yes and no if you're looking at certain ways that somebody's communicating with you in writing i think that even for a customer service rep on the phone sometimes those are two different mindsets you want to make sure that if you're texting and communicating in live chat that obviously people are speaking in in full sentences, I tend to nitpick again on those words being brain food and how you're saying things. I'm a big proponent on using hot button keywords, not only to to generate that interest to sell, but to watch what you say so it doesn't generate questions, right? You wouldn't say to a customer, we're going to come out and spray the roaches and kill everything that you're seeing because then that's going to trigger somebody to ask you what type of materials that you're using. So it coincides not just with call control, but also meaning like lengthening the amount of time that you're on the phone, but also watching what you say, because those things have a response.
2: So texting is the next frontier, right? Because the new generation is when you say, do you want to just jump on a call? They're going to say, nah
1: yeah you see a lot of even like software platforms obviously you're trying to minimize the interactions and you see the ability to go on just buy your pest control program and just schedule the service and bypass even speaking to a person on the phone that's definitely what i mean i love to not engage with people as much as possible myself but that's definitely where technology is going but i still think that even with The pandemic, it's also created this part that we haven't even talked to, like the amount of clients calling in, just wanting to still engage and have these conversations about things like, who's coming to my house? Is he vaccinated? What type of precautions are you taking? And there's still a large volume of call coming in, even though you have those types of platform, I see a lot of increase in people calling in because of those things.
2: That's surprising to me, but I just know that's definitely the next frontier is texting and just,
1: yeah, you have to be able to kind of text and provide that. Lots of people want to, but there's still questions and things that I think that can be handled much faster. If you can at least get the conversation to a place where then you can say, do you mind if we call or things like that, it helps to move it along, but they definitely want that initial touch and those initial few questions answered in those ways that they're comfortable with.
0: I think. That texting will become big when baby boomers are off the grid. Yeah, but you use texting to confirm
2: doctors and dental and other appointments. True or false?
0: Yeah, when they send me a thing. This That's what I'm funny. saying.
1: Ed's right as far as that generation. You're right. I'm sure his generation has adapted to the doctor's appointments being confirmed. But those are simple three-letter words. Yes, I'll be there. No, yeah. and stop. <laughs> and and then, like,
0: the other day, I had to, I had to switch this uh, reservation I made. You got to get on and start typing. And what do you mean? Is it this? Is it that? And then they give you five things and it's nothing. then it's it's none of these. Press Oh, say operator, whatever. And you're waiting. It'll be a six-minute wait. You know, That's what not texting. That's what? not texting. <laughs> what is That's it? a fucking phone call. <laughs> it's not a phone call. It's texting. You're on the screen, and it, 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 the little writing's coming up on the right side. That ain't no phone call. All right. Well, the way what you is? described
2: it, it sounded like a phone it's, call.
0: Yeah, okay, but it's not. Okay. okay. All right. Is it on a computer screen? Yeah. Uh, listen, I let you live. Fine, it's texting. You know, yeah, thanks.
1: I- what are pest control owners seeing with the hiring crisis that's going on? I know that I hear a lot of pain points when it comes to looking for. Obviously, field technicians, even customer service is an area that my company's filling in a gap for certain companies, pest control companies, and just in general, right? You guys go through the seasonal issues of who, who's out on vacation, who's sick. That's the norm thing. But the norm in pest control is who fell off a ladder, who's having a baby, who's all of those, on yeah. top of not being able to find that. What's going on with uh, with your company? It
2: hasn't really been easy with COVID and unemployment. So Ed hiring always being a pain point and then they had people getting paid to stay home mm-hmm. right literally and for even it doesn't matter what you paid in past control people for a long time were making thirteen hundred a week and they weren't coming back to work recently with just the end of all of the unemployment stuff in New York which is amazing that we did it before other states mm-hmm. um we've seen an influx in resumes We've never had an issue getting resumes and candidates for customer service. Never. Mm -hmm. Um, But now the vaccine mandates, I would say from the day Pfizer became FDA approved, we got emails almost every day and we sat down with insperity literally on a daily basis trying to figure it all out. At one point, we were going to be able to do the COVID testing weekly, even though it was an expense to us. But then customers just didn't even offer that option. So now you're hiring, trying to navigate the vaccination question during an interview, right? Which changes. Mm -hmm. Every time before we do an interview, I call HR and ask if I can ask them if they're (laughs) vaccinated. I feel like it changes every day. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that you can ask them. And then I say, but we have a company vaccination policy. And you can tell them about that if you offer them a job once you hire them. Mm -hmm. New York also has very weird rules. I don't know if you're aware, New York City specifically, you cannot do a background check on somebody before you hire them. You cannot tell them, you can't even tell them you do background checks, or if you do drug testing, you cannot tell them until you say, we're going to offer you a job.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: So the the vaccination thing, I, I guess falls within that gray area with that too but we have a policy in place. Good candidate, hey, we want to offer you a job just so you know, the next steps are a vaccination policy that you'll need to sign and then paperwork for your background check and your drug test because that's how it is. Here's your job offer and then you ask the question. So it's been tough. We lost four people and they've been replaced. So thankfully, I would never say we perfected it, but we have made a lot of changes over the past five years to how we hire, how our ads run and being that we lost all four of those guys within within weeks of each other and we've replaced them all in less than a month so mm-hmm. i'm happy about that and next we're hiring for a quality control person and we're going to be hiring for customer service too
1: i would say it's still a very uncomfortable conversation to have when customers call in and i only want someone who's vaccinated in my house i don't think it's uncomfortable for the conversation, it's hard to try to then maneuver and have the dialogue and finish the call. Looking at a schedule of who's what, now do I have to have a list? How do I cross-reference these things? Is there a way that you're functioning in your software to differentiate those things based on those client preferences? I imagine before you're trying to route based on who can only be serviced on a Tuesday before 7am and now there's this added layer to it.
2: Yeah, it, thankfully we're not dealing with that anymore because the company is fully vaxxed. But mm-hmm. I saw somebody post on Facebook the other day that their customers that need a vaccinated technician are mm-hmm. a different color in PestPak. We color coordinate based off services. Service, hmm So everybody's
1: having to adapt now to ways to visually have those cues.
2: And then other things that I know people have discussed for companies that are vaxxed and unvaxxed was some type of maybe an asterisk or something like that. On technician names, so that at least you would know, but yeah, we had to go fully vaccinated, which I think it's painful now. It would have been painful right now or painful mm-hmm. in the future
1: when you want to rip off the band aid. Glad I don't have those problems working remotely. I would hate to have to be in that position to set that as an ultimatum, that would be really hard. I can imagine what it is for business owners.
2: So, I have a question about calls how often are you listening to calls, or is your manager listening to calls, and what's your criteria for pulling them do you have anything or is it just strictly random aside from when someone calls in and says this call was bullshit
1: okay so there's different layers to to the inspection of those things. And we have new reps. We're literally looking at every single phone call. There's a way that they have to track everything that they're touching. So it's audited because we're not just fielding phone calls. We're functioning in somebody's CRM. So we try to go in and inspect what we're doing so that the partner's not feeling that, that learning curve of somebody that's new. So we're literally looking at everything that somebody who's new is doing from day one. And there's different layers to it. There's the call, what you're saying on the phone. I have a grit call flow. There's just a certain way that Agents are taught to present it, handle it, end it, wrap it up. And so we're looking for those things as well as the data entry. And then there's random audits for kind of CSRs after you move out of that initial phase. And we use other resources like Call Source. I know other companies use Call Source for various reasons. One of them that we do is helping with those listening to the phone calls. But as far as myself, my management team, it's always consistent spot checks every single day. You have to do it every single day, and they need to know that you're doing it every single day. Whether it's my learning and development manager, whether it's myself, just spot checks. Setting the expectation that they know somebody's listening really changes what they put forth every single day. The minute you stop inspecting, that's where they stop saying it, and it happens to me too. If it's a couple of weeks and I haven't, like I said, rub someone, all of a sudden you know, that call flow changes.
2: I like that. If you can't, if you can't be rubbed. You won't be polished.
1: You'll never be polished. If you can't stand to be rubbed, you'll never be polished. I've been doing this for 20 years. If I'm not doing this, I'm not happy. That's why I'm still the one spot checking calls that will never get old with me. I might not do 20 of them a day, but I will definitely do one. I love setting the expectation for the team. You're constantly learning new things and you have to set the example, whether you're completely involved with the day-to-day operations or not, and they love my team loves learning for me. We love setting up new ways of learning. And this has been a new thing that's even developed in, in the training processes giving the respect to the fact that when you're training in customer service and even pest control customer service, there's different ways that people learn. We've always known that. There's audio, there's visual, there's tactile. And what we've developed over the past couple months, because we hire so frequently with CSRs as we're growing so rapidly, was coming up with ways of training in pest control customer service, in the softwares, the different ways for audio people, visual people tactile people. For instance, training tactile people for scheduling a ticket would be creating the ticket over and over again and going through all the areas that you need filled. So it's been fun even developing that. So even though I don't have to be involved in the day-to-day call coaching and listening, there's so many other things that I now get to develop that have to do with the, the things that I love. That's what, you know, grit is grit is your passion. And so I don't see that dying down anytime soon. My old operations manager, 10 years ago, used to tell me if I kept going at the pace that I was going to burn out. And I was like, really? Because I haven't even sparked as much as I could yet. So it's
0: your stride.
1: Haven't even yet. And even right now, for as much as we've accomplished in the past couple of years, I still don't feel that we're at a peak yet. So it's totally exciting.
0: I'm happy to hear that. Mr. and Mrs. American, all the ships at sea, you've been listening and been informed by Margaret Garcia. I hope you wrote some stuff down as I have. I hope you learned a lot. Until we meet again, God bless you.